had this conversation which proves my point about this whole column I said can you please grab me the Motrin by the fryer <laughs> and he walked around no what you said was can you grab my Motrin off the dryer <laughs> walked <laughs> around going did you just say get your Motrin off the dryer and I said no the fryer so there's a few things number one that I eat Motrin like candy and I have like <laughs> Motrin all over the house and number Two is you just can't hear me, ever. Yeah, because did you catch that? It wasn't in the medicine cabinet. It was by the fryer. <laughs> well, we had fish tonight. <laughs> we don't always just have the fryer hanging out on the counter, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but we had a good day today. We um, had like a perfect Sunday, I think. Uh, it was nice out. Edie helped me plant flowers and vegetables all day. Rosie rode around with you in the backhoe. <laughs> Help me, move a, help me move a fridge. I said, Rosie, did you have fun with your dad today? And she said, no. Well, why? We had to chop axes or chop wood with axes. So I was like, what? Are they chopping firewood? And it turns out you did nothing like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not even close. We, we moved a fridge, and then we moved a different fridge, and then we uh, drove the backhoe. Got some oats for the horses. No, no nowhere, nowhere in there was an axe Rosie involved. likes to tell stories. <laughs> she likes to be dramatic. I don't know where she gets it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably me. <laughs> but I have to tell a story on you because this week's column, and of course I have my husband Chad here, is all about marital bliss, um, but just the realities of marriage, and especially on the ranch. And I think a lot of... Um, branch couples have really identified with this like the working cows and how anything you say or do cannot be held against you when you're working cattle that's like a thing I think that should have been in our vows yeah (laughs) what should definitely be on a t-shirt well and, and then I was thinking about it because we had a little incident last weekend that kind of prompted this the idea here where Chad and I decided we were just going to quit. We had an orphan calf that we were, had been watching, and she had lost his, lost her mama. And we had a big day, like, that Saturday. It was going to be Edie's first piano recital, and then both the girls had gymnastics. So we had to, like, get our crap together in the morning. So what do we do? Go feed the bottle calves and then just decide, like, quick, leave the kids with grandma and grandpa, and we're just going to quick go, this, go and get this orphan calf in the side-by-side. Like... And Chad had already been chasing it around for a day or something. Like, he can't, he just, there, it, we thought, Yeah, oh, this was day three of trying, trying to catch to this calf. Can you think, like, oh, he's going to be, like, kind of getting weak. And, no, this calf was going to, it wound up, and it kind of explained in the column, but it wound up being, like, almost in the neighbor's pasture by the time we got it. And there were, like, start, you know, we love to, I do really like to do work with you. Like, I like to, and we... We wouldn't have started. All right. Okay, so we had a big Saturday. We were going to have Edie's first piano recital in the afternoon and then the two girls' gymnastics performances. So we had to get, like, our craft together in the morning. So we just fed the calves, and we thought, oh, we'll just really quick go get this stray calf in. 
the, we had kind of a calf that didn't have a mom. Not kind of a calf. We had a calf that, didn't, <laughs> that lost its mom. And we've been watching it for a couple days. So we thought we'll just quick get in the ATV at side by side and we'll catch this calf that Chad's been chasing around for two days apparently on the ranch. And you think these little calves are easy to catch, but um, two, it was a few, was it wasn't just brand new. No, it wasn't. It was, uh, what, what, what was that calf like? Three days old when it lost its mom, so it's yeah, it had time to get creep, creeping on five, six days old. <laughs> it had time to get strong, and we had no time to waste. And of course, that just you know always lends itself to no stress environment. And in my mind, like I like to get out on the ranch and on the place with the guys. So after becoming a mom, I don't have as much time to do that. And so we left the kids, like I said, with grandma and grandpa. I'm like, cool, I get to go do some ranch work and thinking it was going to be fun and it turned out to be like a total shit show. And well, I'm going to amend that because it worked. So it did work. So it's not a total, but he was on his way to the next, like to the neighbor's pasture. Oh, for sure. That's a daily occurrence for me though. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to witness. I I only ever tell like that we got it done in the end. I don't, I skip over the middle part. The middle. We'll see. And then you bring me along and then I tell everybody. (laughs) So you have a rope and we're not roper. Like, all our neighbors are beautiful ropers. We are not ropers. And the the, the smart thing we should have done is just got a horse and, like, figured it out with the horse. It would have probably gone much we, more. We tried to kind of cowboy it instead of, like, actual. Because we're in a hurry. Because when you're always in a hurry around here. Like, there's a million things going on. Well, it was on. convenient. We were just going to conveniently pop like, out I there. I know what we should have done is I should you should have done it, like, bulldogging style. Like, I was driving. This is the scenario. I was driving, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to drive up to this calf. You, We're going to drive alongside of it, and you're going to place the rope gently over its neck or something. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is a recipe for how you go to the hospital. But now I think that, <laughs> that ends in a plaster cast. <laughs> in, a pla- in a flattened calf. But what <laughs> happened is, and it was really muddy. It, it was right after it had rained like five inches. So there's only so many places you can go. Long story short, we were driving back and forth across this pasture. Chad was walking in the end in his muck boots. I'm driving. He's hand signaling me. I don't know what your hand signals mean. I never have known what your hand signals mean. And the biggest crux of our arguments is always that you use like the least amount of words possible. And I need a lot of words to explain to me what's happening. Well, and kind of, we were in a situation where the only words would have been yelling, which I didn't think would really help a whole lot. Because if I would have said, no, not there, there, I don't think that would have helped a whole lot. But you did yell, and I yelled, don't yell at me. Well, I mean, we do our best. <laughs> and honestly, the only reason that the calf got was caught is it kind of got itself caught in a fence, and you dove at it and grabbed its leg. So, so in the end, I, I did bulldog. In the end, you did do it the ran the ranchy way or the redneck way, the redneck way. And this was in my little sister's backyard. I had gotten out of the side by side because I couldn't drive up this cliff essentially. And I'm like, well, I can't just sit in the side by side and just let him do it himself because at least then I tried to help you, and I all I did was about have a heart attack because I'm in my muck boots running in the mud and then you caught him 
And then, did I have to go get the rope? No, I had no, to go get the side I, by yeah, side. caught him, and I put the rope on him, oh, because that's how I do it. Instead of throwing the rope at him, I like to gently place it over them. <laughs> um, After you have caught And then, so I had him caught, and then we were kind of in the middle of Alex's backyard. Thank God uh, no one some, was Somewhat, and I said, well, okay, go get the side-by-side, and then come get me yeah, in this calf. Yeah, the side-by-side was seven miles away. And I, so I started hill, walking towards the road where the side-by-side could get, because it, it was really muddy. It was too muddy to get anywhere that wasn't on the road. And you are dragging a calf who's never been touched by human hands. <laughs> and I'm out of breath. And, yeah, we've got Lucky number seven, who you named Lucky. We get her on the floor of the side-by-side. We bring her into... The barn. They only get a name if they make it to the barn. They made it to the barn. They yeah. Made it. And and our otherwise, th- otherwise they never get names. <laughs> <laughs> so seven. <clears throat> we have six bottle cabs. One of them didn't make it. So yeah, we have seven. No. 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 One got oh. back with her mom. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin is her. Number. Him. Yep. Kevin was number one. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, okay. yeah. Because it's two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. Well, anyways, so we get... So Kevin gets to be a pasture cow with a name. Kevin has... Also known as 477. 477 Kevin. Rhymes. (laughs) And that's what ranching with two little girls is like. They all get... (laughs) Four little girls. They all get names. One of them in the barn is named Strawberry. Um, I'm not which sure what uh, I don't think the kids are sure either. No, but... It's one of the twins. All of the the calves have names. But, um, yeah... So we made it, and um, we did make it to the piano recital on time. We got cleaned up. We laughed about it. Uh, we were able to laugh about it at the end. And I think that's what I was thinking about when I was writing this column. Laughed about the calf, not the piano recital. That was wonderful. Oh, the piano recital was good. <laughs> we were able to laugh about the yelling thing and like how absurd it is that you just, especially in times when you're in a hurry, it never goes right. Well, and like in this instance, neither one of us were actually mad. No, it's just... Partly, like, you know, you're separated by space, so you have to <laughs> yell. Partly, you're frustrated with yourself. And partly, you don't even know what... Like, if you were speaking directly to each other, what the correct words no. would be to... There was no You know, real... you're, you're mad, like, can't you read my mind? Yeah. And that's probably most of, like... When you don't even know what your own mind is. No. I mean, I'm speaking of me, but... The thing about, like, working cattle with your spouse is my... For me, my mom never was on a horse, right? My mom was a city girl from Grand Forks, raised kids on a ranch, and never rode a horse, never came out working cattle, never had that dynamic. And my dad was not a yelling person. And we... He is so patient when he had us with him. You know, he would kind of set us by the open gate and have us watch the gate and he you know we we really do work cattle in the let the cattle do it do their thing and just ease them along and don't rile them up so as soon as anything would get riled up we would just back off and like move on to the next thing because it wasn't worth ending your day or ruining your day but I never got to see the dynamic of like a husband and wife really working cattle together in my life and I truly do love to do that type of work and I love to do it with you and so I think we're really lucky we don't I joke about it we don't really have a ton of fights when it comes to your dad has a funny story about that with you with his mom and dad so grandpa and grandma oh yeah you tell that story and they um if I get if I get it right they were working 
cows to some extent, and I don't know exactly what they were doing. I can't remember that they were part. just, like, working them on foot in one of the corrals down by that and, house. Yeah, and Pete made the mistake of yelling at Edith, and she just, whatever she had, like a flag or whatever in her hand, threw it on the ground and walked back up to the house, and then he got to spend the rest of the day doing it by himself. Was she there? <laughs> oh, I wish I knew the story because he had a comment. It, it's a much funnier story, but that's the part that I can remember. Yeah, it was some sort of kind of like a... Paper asshole? Yeah, <laughs> you talking. Yes. something about that. <laughs> You're you're working like a woman with a paper asshole. Whatever that means. No, and, and so Gene and Wade have always told me that their dad was the absolute king of making up words. Well, yeah, he had <laughs> because there is absolutely no meaning to no. to that. Well, he would call his dog Carrie gangle shanks. Like he had just the weirdest words and the weirdest like string of curse words that my dad did inherit. He did. I've yeah. I've heard your dad the only thing I've ever heard him yell at in my life is cows. Yeah. When he's by himself. Yeah. He didn't swear a lot or yell at him a lot when I was growing he, up. And he can make up but, strings of words that don't go together that yeah. <laughs> somehow I remember the first time I heard him swear was at a horse at a high school rodeo that stepped on his foot and I'm yeah. And I looked at him like, oh, so <laughs> we're doing, you can actually do this. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know, you know, in posting this column and publishing this column, I got a lot of feedback from hus- from wives mostly like, yeah, yep, we've all been there in those situations. But I think in our marriage, what works, and we've been together since we were kids, right, is that um, you... We don't hold grudges. And so we could hang on to like the, you know, the fact that you yelled at me and you're using hand signals that I'll never understand. And like, it just, it was a stressful situation there for a little bit, or you could laugh about it. And I think the laughing about it kind of keeps you in check because this whole, you know, it's all messy. Everything's messy. But also, you know, your best friend's first. So how mad, you know, do you really get at your best friend? I mean, you can get pretty mad. You can I think so. stay stuff, but... I think you get, I think. Oh, but it doesn't last. Like you get mad at your best friend, but it doesn't last. Yeah. You know, like you don't hang on to that. We don't hang on to it. But also like you can fully be yourself with these, this person. Oh, and for that, sure. I think I don't, I don't know if I get more mad at, I get the most mad at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd second that. You know, it's just cause. You definitely get the most mad at me. <laughs> Because you're the thing that's the most important to me, I think. And that's when, you know, when you get frustrated and you get upset, it's, it means more when it's, when it's someone that you care so much about. And I think that we forget about that. Like you get the most mad and the most impassioned with the person that you care the most about. And that is, um, that's a little bit of like, oh yeah, that kind of reminds you to snap out of it. But I can't, I hate feeling like pissed off at you for too long. So we, also, I'm like the one that wears my emotions so much on my sleeve and right up at the forefront of my forehead and in my eyes. And like, you always know what I'm thinking. And, and when I'm mad, I, I say it and, and you kind of are the more calm, cool and collected species in our relationship. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, we were just kids when we got together. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we're not still kids like trying to figure out how to raise kids and um that sometimes we just look at each other like are we what are we doing are we doing this right and I don't know 
but adding kids to the mix has definitely changed our relationship so much. And that, you know, we had 10 years together before we had children. It's a lot of times to dream about how you think it's going to be mm-hmm. versus real. You know, people tell you your life's going to change. You understand that fundamentally your life is going to change, but you don't really know what that means. Yeah. And then also somehow you think that when you have kids, you're just going to be like a parent or an adult or whatever. Or like know? know what you're supposed like I, to I do. Like I just said that to you the other day. I just had like one of those weird time revelations where I was like, oh man, you know, when like we were first started dating or first together in high school, our parents were our age now. Like our parents were the same age as my sister. Yeah. But at that time, I mean, they were just parents who knew everything about everything and they had it all together and they, you know, you don't even think about it. Hopefully that's what our kids see because that is sure (laughs) not how it is or how I feel. Well, it's kind of like when you're Maybe you can fake it. You think that you get out of high school and you pick a job and that's going to be your job. And then you're going to get married and that's going to be like, there's no that. And then you're married and then you have kids and then you have kids. Like those are just the things that happen, but we don't talk about really like you spend your whole life searching and thinking and figuring it out and making mistakes and backtracking and switching gears. You're never just in when I'm especially, I'm always looking to the next step and to the next thing and wondering if I'm doing it right. And, um, I didn't know that when I was a kid. <laughs> I thought you just like, and I remember you. I thought I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you missed, are an Missed EMT. the mark on that one for a little bit. You no, no, I'm not an EMT. Not quite yet. Well, you still have to take a test. Yeah. <laughs> I'm close. Uh, well, you're, a, what do the kids call you? A worker guy. You're a worker guy. I'm, I'm a worker guy. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. There's worse things to be. You're a worker guy. And, um, and I do love doing the work with you. And I think that's partly, you know, what we've always done together. We're always doing a project together. Before we had kids on a Sunday like we had today, we would have gone, got the horses and went riding and checked things out. Maybe did a little, do a little project home renovation. We've spent most of our married life renovating houses and we've survived that. We still wanted to stay together even after the tiling project. Well, I can't leave me, so. <laughs> can't leave you? <laughs> no. What do you mean? Well, I, I feel like I might have instigated some of these projects. I know. Not this latest one. I never This did. latest one is your baby. Yeah, and it's I'm the just long trying one. to make it. We have a big addition. So we built a house together, renovated a 70s style house. We should really approach that because I haven't really like No, no, we have not talked about that. (laughs) That we bought in our 20s in Dickinson, a town about 60 miles from the ranch. I was working a full-time job. Chad was working a full-time and then some job in the oil field. We bought this house, a 1970-something house, that yeah. had been basically like repoed or however, what is the word? Yeah, like a guy had, it was a really, really nice house in the neighborhood. And I think that guy either got really sick or passed away or something, something like that. And I don't know if it was one of his kids or one of his family members or somehow 
somebody kind of inherited this house. And, it wasn't that But bad it had in the potential. Of, you know, you could see it in the bones. It was a well-built house, and it, but it was just... Well, it wasn't like what you see on those shows, like where it's not like, like raccoons hurri- Not hurricane, but they had... Remember there was a hot tub thing there in the living room? Like we had to redo the... There was carpet on the wall And the cats in the basement. Was, yeah, it was all like tear everything out and redo the Absolutely keep the bones everything. and redo everything but we were also cheap 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 so i redid the cabinets remember i yeah I did that and i well, never it wasn't wanted... even a matter of cheap we were 24 well, we were 24 like, we didn't was, have any money there was no excess and it was right at the beginning of the boom the oil boom and so we would spend our off days our time after work just totally gutting this house and um, flipping it and we wound up never living in it when it was fully done because you got a job offer they closer got, to they home. got transferred yeah and then we were able to move to the ranch and that was like a really well we had we're newly married and we had been living in Missoula like kind of doing the you're finishing school living somewhere in the mountains thinking you know it was a little bit more relaxed and then we move into professional jobs in Dickinson and just decide to totally flip a house together and it was the right thing to do but it was crazy and it was a it was really just a precursor to the big projects that we've continued to take on in our marriage and try to navigate and so it's not that's why I always joke like it would have been easier for me to just marry a chiropractor (laughs) wears khaki pants for sure and we live in Minneapolis and we have nothing and I think nothing to for chores, but the landscaping, the lawn, and that's it. But that wouldn't last because we both like a challenge and like to think about the next thing that we're going to do. And that's sort of what we're in the middle of right now, business-wise. But, oh, my God, we flipped that house. And then we moved to the ranch. We moved to my grandma's little house. So we're living in this tiny little house that was falling down, too. And we're able to make our money so we could put it down on. It would rain. And it was like a waterfall in oh the basement. <laughs> was... All the things you go through in your early marriage. And then that house um, started on fire. And then... <laughs> yeah, got struck by lightning. And we were just throwing all of our world... I remember that. All of our possessions out on the lawn and just like watching it burn, essentially. And the firemen, the real fire department did save the house, but it wasn't really even worth saving at the end. And I remember we were alone on the ranch at that time. And my parents were in Minnesota, so we went, and my sister didn't live here yet. And we were just trying to figure out how we could stay here. And, you know, then our, you know, the old house, the house that lived, that we lived in, that my dad grew up in, the ranch house, was burned down on our watch. And it was like, what are we doing? All our stuff was on the lawn. Then all of our stuff was in my parents' house. We were maybe the third year into our marriage, and there we yeah. were. I think we had started building the house we're in now over the hill, but our idea was that we would be building on it while we lived in the little house, and I didn't want to move into it until we were done. Fast forward <laughs> 10 years, 8 years later, and we're still working on it, and I used to get so but frustrated to, to with myself. To be fair, though, with this is like the third edition, <laughs> so it's not the original house no, that we're still working. That's on. what I was gonna say. I was I used to get so frustrated with with our with us. Like, what is wrong with us? Why can't we just like have it done? Like other people, they live in these nice houses, and 
they're finished and they have beautiful front They also, lawn. they call a guy, but, but I'm that guy. <laughs> so there's been a lot. We've been seeing each other through a lot of like, yeah. Menards runs. Oh, Menards runs. Oh my gosh. I love you, Menards, <laughs> but I do not ever want to see a receipt from there again. That place will test a marriage. <laughs> oh, send me to, how about, I got an idea. Send me with a list for plumbing parts and see how that goes. <laughs> That's fun for everybody. Or send me to Menards with my little sister and a trailer and tarp straps, which Nobody knows how to use but Which, you. That's a plus now. I guess if you had to look at one good thing that came out of this COVID mess is now I can buy all the stuff I want online and they'll just package it all up and have it waiting for you to pick it up. But will they tarp strap it down for you? Because that's the problem. Then you There's get no in, help in either. No. <laughs> then you get it on the trailer, which I can do, but I can't figure out how to use a tarp strap to save my life. <laughs> I cannot do it. It's physically impossible. I don't know. And then you walk up. And you do, like, lickety-split, like, everything in our lives. Like, I can't get the pickle jar open. Oh, oh, you come up and get it open in, like, one snap. Everything. Everything that I do that I struggle with, like, I'm a wuss. The, all the gates in this place before we put those little, whatever you call it, gate helper opener things. <laughs> whatever I don't those know. Are. I call them fancy latches. <laughs> fancy latches. Oh, I can't get those Gates open and shut. That's the marriage. Oh, that's a marriage tester right there where you're the gate getter and then you, then you know someone's watching you try to shut the gate. That's ter- <laughs> That's just testing it all on every level. Just watching me struggle. I guess I've never thought about it that yeah. Let me just get the gate. Yeah, go ahead because you're in the passenger seat. Uh, let me watch you try. And then I'm trying because I have like... But I can honk a couple times. Honk a couple times. <laughs> Then you finally just have to get out and do it for me, which is totally embarrassing um, because I have a thing, like, even from when I was a kid that I just wished I was stronger but, like, never really did anything to help myself with it. (laughs) So, anyways. It's like I tell the girls, there really is only one way to get stronger. I know. I got to do more push-ups. And you should drink milk, but that ain't it. Milk and push-ups and just doing all the hard things. So I have gotten a few more muscles in these home renovation projects. And we have survived them. And we keep adding more to the plate because I just don't know what we would do if we didn't have projects. Like, what do other people do? Go on dates? We went on a date yesterday when it was 35 degrees out. And I wanted to get flowers and plants. So I was going to go by myself (laughs) to town to get the flowers and the plants because the FFA had a plant sale in town at the little greenhouse. And this is, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about ways that my, that I can make life easier for everybody. And I'm like, oh, Chad, you will want to stay here and get some things done. The kids don't want to come along. I'll just go run and in in and get my plants because it's 30 miles of town come back. And he's like, wait a minute. I thought we were all going to (laughs) go. And so we are in that phase of our life where we're working all the time and raising these kids. So we don't spend a lot of time together. And it was a really nice day. We went and got the plants. I was really glad to have Chad along because we got soil that each whatever bag weighed like what 75 pounds had to have been at least 30 pounds (laughs) i literally could not (laughs) lift it up that's 
I got to work on this. I was even using my legs no, and squatting. No, they were a good at so least 50 heavy. pounds. <laughs> okay, but really awkward anyway. And um, then we went, we were able to go to, on, to Tractor Supply. And when we can, yeah, that's a date there. Yeah, go to Tractor Supply. That's the level that, of romance that we're on. Right now. Hey, what works for me. I don't know what other people do. Like, we'll have a burger at the diner, go to Tractor Supply, do some damage. We had the kids along, otherwise we would have spent a lot more money. And then, <laughs> and then came home. But all of those just little things, yeah, it was a nice day. And then Sunday today, we, I spent in the garden with Edie. She's really into um, helping me with the plants. She was really good, the six-year-old. Yeah. And really hung out with me all day. So it was really nice She's to She's really a focused person. So yeah. I give her a task or a project and she'll be on it. And she didn't want any help doing it necessarily. She had her the way she wanted to do it. I'm on the deck with the girls planting flowers. Chad is, he had built me this retaining wall last summer that just filled with weeds. A beautiful retaining wall with these big rocks from the ranch that he worked on. So, yeah, it, yeah it's a retaining wall, but it's more like a tiered retaining wall mm. i guess oh yeah we kind of didn't didn't explain that so it's got a like, like a a garden tier in the midst a two-stage retaining yeah, wall with a, a garden big like raised area. bed with yeah giant it's like rocks. a raised bed uh, that's what i was and in for. my mind i'm gonna landscape it like martha stewart you know with like the beautiful like region doesn't she do cooking well she does everything martha she does it all man oh she's like myra She's like my our na- my <laughs> English teacher Myra. Yeah, makes the pies and has beautiful yard. Well, I oh, know. did you know that your dad got to go have rhubarb pie yes. over there? Yes, I need to plant some rhubarb. But anyway, I decided I'm going to put the um, tomato plants and pepper plants in that retaining raised bed, whatever. And Chad's going to go. He was going to help me with it and break up all these weeds that grew in there last year because I wasn't feeling well and I didn't plant anything. And I'm listening to him with this tiny little tiller that he has been was using. It's like a handheld tiller that plugs into the an outlet. And normally we would use dad's tiller, but his was in the shop, of course. So his wasn't working. So Chad's just going after it with this little tiny, I don't know what the tiller is, like a row tiller. And that wasn't working. But I'm trying not to make eye contact because I don't want to help him down there. <laughs> I was sneaking glasses to see if anyone was looking. <laughs> no, nobody was nobody making eye was contact. Making eye contact. <laughs> then it gets quiet. Then he gets the shovel. Then I'm definitely not looking over there. He says something about us getting rakes that I heard but ignored. Then... I hear the side-by-side go out of the yard. And then back comes, he comes with a with our big backhoe, our big old backhoe. He drives it in to behind in the yard. And I'm thinking, what the hell is, is he doing? Is he moving rocks? Like, is there, is he making another retaining wall? Is he digging, what, another set? Like, what are you doing with the backhoe? No, Chad is using the backhoe as a tiller. <laughs> Just, how do you position it over... The yeah. bed. Worked fantastic. Use the scooper thingy. I've, <laughs> the scooper. Yeah. That is actually in the manual the what, what it's called is the, the scooper yeah, thingy. Yeah, I know. I know my heavy equipment to dig because the, the clay, it's hard clay. Like it's not, I mean, it's not well, great. Some dirt. 
It's not like it's dirt. It's not like Red River Valley dirt. It was was more than I wanted to shovel till. Good thing you've got the backhoe. (laughs) The only person. See, this is what I'm saying about the chiropractor. That my chiropractor guy would never use the backhoe. He doesn't own a backhoe. We don't need a backhoe in Minneapolis. (laughs) But you have solutions, and I applaud you for them. Somebody yeah. needs a backhoe. Someone needs a backhoe. We have a backhoe too. Like, like Rosie's. To did you know that she came and talked to me about that? What? About going in the backhoe? Yes, she wanted to ride with you. So she came, she, yeah, she came out the door. She said, Dad. I said, What? When you take that big yellow tractor thing back to the <laughs> shop, can I come with you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can I bring, what's that? Oh, Panda, her can baby I bring, doll. Can I bring Panda with? <laughs> like, sure, Panda's her little baby doll. <laughs> That she has. Like, yeah, sure. So then. One. Well, she would go anywhere and do, she would do all the things. And that's actually what happened. But we came in, as Rosie went off with Chad and then I stuck with Edie. And, and we came in for, the best part of the story is this. We came in for a sandwich. And it was literally like 10 minutes after you were done with the backhoe digging in the raised bed. And he gets a call from my brother-in-law who had the tiller who was borrowing the tiller from dad and said, Hey, are you around to help me unload this tiller? <laughs> it's ready. Now it works. <laughs> it would have saved you three hours. That, of work. An entire half a day. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, why do things the easy way? That's not what we do around. But then we wouldn't have a backhoe tilling story. We wouldn't have a backhoe tilling. We wouldn't have the two giant marks in the mud where you brace it with the thingy. Those guys don't worry about those guys. <laughs> We'll just landscape that another day. We'll landscape that another day. But, um, yeah, anyways. I also wouldn't have found out that I had a hydraulic leak, so I had to test oh, it out because broken. I need... broken? Well, it's not broke, broke, but I need to get it fixed. Oh, good. I'm glad. Did it leak stuff on my yard? Not that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> so we got married under oak tree in a cow pasture that's between our place that we have now and my parents place and even and this is in the column even on that day that you planned to be so perfect I came in on with a on in a wagon a horse-drawn wagon the guys were standing there whole all our friends and family were on these beautiful benches in this middle of the cow pasture it had rained it was a drought year and it had rained the day before so it cooled off and our ushers, because this is how we, we didn't think, oh, let's move the cows to a different pasture. Why didn't we think that? Or maybe they got out. They probably got out. I mean, certainly they got out. Must have had to have been. Um, because we had, were, to get ready for the wedding, we were literally scooping cow crap up all, all around the wedding site. Cow yeah. crap and cactuses. And they arrived while we were saying our vows into the wedding ceremony. The cows Oof. came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ushers were instead of ushering people, they were ushering Chasing cows out of the cows wedding. Cows out of our, out of which our... is you know a really funny thing. Like during that time, I had no idea that was going. I on. never saw it. I never knew mm-hmm. that was happening until after, and people told me about it. And I'm like, oh, really? There was cows. Here? Like, oh. <laughs> those are some good ushers that earned their keep. But what a metaphor for. Just being able to laugh at the circumstances and being able to go with it. And now we're just such products of our, you know, this is the space in which we wanted to raise our family. We didn't know we would be able to be back here. 
And so now we're raising these two feisty daughters. I always thought we're going to be boys. I thought we would have three or four boys. And we have these two little girls. And every day is a little bit of drama. Every day is a new lesson. And um, we've gone through some things that, you know, that have been really hard. We've gone through major infertility struggles through seven years of our marriage where we did not think we were going to be able to have kids of our own. And we, you talk about times in marriage that have tested you. It's never been, this is going to sound strange, but I've never faltered in the hardest, the hard times. The hard times have been the solidifying times for me that I chose the right person. And I wanted to remember to mention this because it sounds kind of crazy, but one of the best times in our marriage for me, and it probably wasn't for you because you, had, you were in a different experience than me, was when I was dealing with my cancer a couple of years ago. I <laughs> know that sounds crazy. You're going to have to qualify that. Because... Well, I will, because that was so weird, a weird thing that was happening to me. I was so sick. And finally figured out after six months of not being able to breathe what was wrong with me. And it turned our world upside down because it was like an emergency surgery. We, they rushed me to Mayo Clinic to take a big tumor out of my, my airway. Basically, it's lodged above my um, where my lungs what dissect or whatever. And then having to go back and cut me wide open and not knowing if I would be able to talk again, not knowing if I was going to if the cancer was going to be gone, not knowing if it was cancer. Um, But Chad has always been someone that's just steady and always in, in the cancer situation, in my dad dying, but not dying, but almost dying situation (laughs) where we, both times where we thought he was, it was it. And our whole world was going to change in a snowstorm, in a blizzard, on a pontoon in the middle of a tornado, which has happened to us. I look at you and it's wild. Yeah. But that, that felt like that cancer, you know, it was like that situation, that health thing where everything was out of my control. I look at you and if you look like it's going to be okay, which you always do because you're so calm. I know that I'm going to be okay. And I think I've always felt like that with you. I've always felt so safe, almost like, you know, maybe, maybe you have another, you have a different perspective, but I look at you and I just feel safe. I couldn't imagine being with anyone else because who could make me feel more safe? Who could make me feel like you have it more under control? Perhaps that's why we got into these house situations where we're, where we're renovating and, and changing our lives around all the time and taking on big projects and taking on big ideas is because I so fully trust you that if you feel like you have it under control, if it is calm on your face, it is calm in my soul. And that's in that situation where I was so sick and I was so uncertain, we were able to just get away. You could, you took the time because you've never nothing's more important to you than family. And you took the time, you were able to take the time to be with me and we could kind of block the rest of our problems out, focus on that and just be together and find even the fun and the humor and navigating this just terrible time that I look back on and think, 
boy, that could have gone a totally different way if I didn't have you there. And I only wanted you there. I didn't want anybody else there. I couldn't have imagined it. So, yeah. I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, well, it worked out. So that is a a good way to look at it. I guess I kind of felt like that too. It was was really strange when we were in Rochester because I guess I wouldn't have looked quite the same way, but... Well, you didn't have the same experience because you're looking at someone that you're worried about. But but also, in my mind, there was no scenario in which that wasn't going to work out. Like, that just... Like, it's going to suck for a little while, and then it's going to be fine. And, you know, you can be wrong on that, but just I did not... Well, there having, was no scenario which that wasn't the end result was we're going to get through this just like everything else. Well, I remember having like feeling that way too or like trying to convince myself when we had that time between them taking it out with the scope, the tumor out with the scope and then scheduling my surgery, which would have been I would have had the surgery two years ago, almost exactly to this day. So I think that's maybe why it's on my mind. And it's taken that long for me to feel better. A little, like little tiny, little tiny, little tiny steps. It's been rough, like the recovery. And um, yeah, and it can have, has to be frustrating for a spouse to have a sick spouse, you know, like that. Is, it sucks, and well, especially when it hangs on so long. It, yeah, it does. But you know, I guess the way that the way that I look at it is, it's it's a whole lot better than the alternative. You know, you well, can. Yeah. You know, we know people that have not had it turn out that way, and then then there you sit. But in it a doesn't whole mean different world of hurt. Well, I always say that. Like I wear this scar proudly for the women who would have given anything to have it and still be alive, but. It doesn't mean like you can't be annoyed. <laughs> and that's what I always get mad. Oh, not mad, but like frustrated with myself when I was going through the, you know, the major part of it, trying to like deal with it was like, okay, I'm supposed to be so grateful here. I'm, you know, going to be okay. I think I'm going to be okay. Or I don't have this, I have this cancer. I have this thing and, and, I should just be lucky for every breath that I take, but like my kids still annoy me (laughs) sometimes and like I still have to pay my bills and there's still like work to be done and life still goes on and you can live in, of course I'm grateful, but I'm also human and I just never wanted to, just like the infertility struggle, the same thing with the, with the cancers, like I don't want this to define me. I want, but, and then I had felt guilty that I was feeling like still my grouchy self sometimes, you know, and I think that spouses sometimes, you know, you just said it, but it's like, you could still be annoyed at a sick person, right? It, it is, yeah, like it, I mean, that's definitely a thing and you can, I think it's fair for both people, but you know, it's not super fun to be married to somebody that's sick or that, you know, a sick for a variety of reasons. I guess in our specific case, it was one thing, but it could be a, a, yeah. a myriad of things. So you can be temporarily annoyed, but also, like, there's no one else. I and mean, really, I've never even considered the idea of wanting to be with somebody else. You know, right. like, the, there's nobody else I would rather take this ride, you know, ride of life through. Like, it's just kind of been us. Mm-hmm. So that's 
the only way I look at it is like we're just gonna we're just gonna do it. We're gonna deal with it, and that's the way it works. And like I said, I might be you know overly optimistic on things, and maybe that's why you see a calm exterior because I just I just don't yeah don't take into account that you know it's like it's kind of the same thing when I was a a dumb kid, you know, and you're doing whatever you're on a horse or a dirt bike or whatever. You don't think about what it's going to be like if you don't land that jump mm-hmm. or if you don't ride that horse. You just think, I'm going to do this. I'm just riding it. I'm oh, going to ride yeah. this. I'm going to do it. There's yeah. no there's no other option. And, of course, I have medical bills to prove that there are other options. <laughs> but I never thought that that no, was an option. I think that's a really nice sentiment to kind of wrap this up and move into the column and that maybe could have been expanded on is like, that's why these, that's marriage, right? That's that commitment that you have to each other, that being your full self, your grouchy self, you're the most happy, the most miserable, the most scared and terrified. All of those things can be fully exposed in a relationship and in knowing that you that the other person isn't going to abandon you, that they will have your back, that they're with you, that you're together in this. And so you can yell a little bit when you're working. Well, there's just a lot, like you, you kind of said it earlier, um, you know, there's just a level of trust. So mm-hmm. I have a level of trust in you that I don't have to be my best self every single day. Mm-hmm. You try to. You try to be a good person. You try to do things. And you try not to be crabby or grouchy or but but we're human. Like that's mm-hmm. not a real thing. So I do trust that you can slip up and you can, you know, be kind of a pill one day and just be like, well, tomorrow's another day, mm-hmm. you know, well, and that's say what, you're sorry, take your lumps. And yeah. And in the longevity of our marriage, like it's not new anymore. We're going to be married 16 years. We're pushing. I mean, we were married when we were really young, but it is true that you have to check yourself every once in a while and be like, okay, are we being kind enough to each other? Are we being patient enough with each other? Are we doing the things that we said we were going, we were going to do? Are we in parenting is one, one thing. And I think we're really in the middle of that part of our life right now where a lot of our energy is focused on these kids and you have to point it back at each other every well, once in a while. I was just thinking that with, with the kids, it's kind of the same thing because, you know, they're just little microphones or mm-hmm. megaphones or whatever. They amplify everything. Yeah. So, you you know, like you take little kids and they blow up at each other, their sisters. And you have to say, okay, we're going to separate you for 10 seconds or, mm-hmm. you know, take a five-minute timeout or whatever it is. I think it's exactly the same with marriage and us. Like if you take a five-minute timeout or maybe, you know, since we're adults, you take a 10-minute timeout mm-hmm. or a two-hour timeout or whatever it is, you know, go for a walk, do whatever. That is so silly to be mad. Like, we have some things we need to talk about maybe mm-hmm. or whatever, but I'm not mad anymore. I've never right. been continuously mad. Well, and I think that's the whole point, too, about <clears throat> in the column I mentioned. Like, we, this is working because we don't hold grudges. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of little petty things that we get in on each other for. Everybody does. But trying not to blow them up into things that, that, I uh, that, 
blow it all up, you know, um, but focusing back in. Chad and I always, and we both agree on this, <laughs> that we can solve our problems with a long road trip. And so we try to do one at least a year. Oh, we, we solve can it, solve them, but we can, we've also made every lot. major life decision we've yeah. ever had has come from a road trip. Being locked so in the car. We might drive to Minneapolis and come back and decide we're going to build a new house. <laughs> I know, it's true. But... um I just, yeah, I think that in storytelling, and I guess in this conversation, but in storytelling and my mission as a writer and a, and a songwriter, performer, someone who just likes stories and loves to learn and examine the human condition, I believe so fully in telling all sides of the story. And love is not, it's not just one dimensional. It's not, um, I know telling my girls this and hopefully we're showing them this it's messy it's all sides it's everything it's not black and white it's everything in between it is the the womance like rosie says the kissing the kisses in the kitchen that our kids try to break up and then it's like the early mornings where we just can't even do do it we don't think we can do it get us all out the door and into the day um and it's it's also the mornings of like you can go through an entire morning routine of getting everyone up and out the door I mean there's times where we we won't even say 10 words but it's like okay I just know you're gonna get the you know, you're going to get the kids dressed because they got to have their coordinating outfits. And then while that's happening, I'm packing backpacks. Yeah. And then we're feeding kids and then we're doing hair and we'll brush, you know, like there's and a routine that happens. And then we might snip at each other. And <laughs> well, it could happen, but it also, what I guess what I'm trying to say is it doesn't have to be like that communication doesn't even have to happen. You just kind of. Yeah. Well, you, you flow through your routine thing. That to me is part of the love deal too. It's not mm-hmm. always hot, cold, no, that's true. fighting, not fighting. Sometimes it's just that comfort and companionship of mm-hmm. you're just there for each other. You know, nobody has to really be doing anything. You're just living, living yeah. your life in that harmony. Yeah, that's really well said. And sometimes it's catching the calf with ease, like bulldogging style, like I told you to do. <laughs> and sometimes it's catching them by the leg and meeting up all sweaty and laughing about it at the end. Um, I As long as it gets caught. Thanks, Chad, for sitting here with me all evening, dealing with technical difficulties <laughs> as we try to tell our story and connect here. Um, I hope you have your person. If you don't have your person, I hope you find your person. Thanks for listening. Um, Wishing you love and what your mom says. Bye, I love you, bye. Bye, I love you, bye. Do you know what almost 16 years of marital bliss looks like? It looks like yelling at each other in the wind across a cow pasture because, one, you didn't fully understand his plan. Two, even if you did, the plan wouldn't have worked. And three, you don't and never will understand his hand signaling for crying out loud. Oh, and four, turns out catching an orphan calf with you in the ATV and him on foot real quick before our daughter's piano recital was not, in fact, going to be real quick. My husband and I have known each other since we were kids. We have had so much fun together. Lots of lovely moments, which really helps in the stupid idea times, like taking on a total house remodel in our 20s and not taking the time to go get a horse to catch this calf. 
and the hard times, like years of infertility, a sick parent, and cancer. But working cows together? Well, it's in a league of its own in the marriage department. There should be a line item in the vows about it, like, I vow not to hold anything you say or do against you when we are working cows if you promise to do the same for me. Amen. When it comes to starting a life together, no one really mentions stuff like that. I'm not just talking about the annoying and surprising things, but the things that come with sharing a house and plans and dinner and children and new businesses and careers and remodels and a herd of cattle and six bottle calves in the barn. Because if we're lucky, there's a lot of life between those I do's and the whole death parting us thing. Not even our own wedding day went off without hitches. If I recall, there was a cattle incident that day as well. I guess that's what you get when you get married in the middle of a cow pasture. Yes, marriage officially joins us together, our love, but also our mistakes and small tragedies, goofiness and bad ideas, opinions and forgetfulness, and big plans in the works. You're in it together. You get a witness. You get a built-in dinner date that sometimes is really late to dinner, and now you're annoyed. And it isn't our anniversary or anything, but after we chase that tiny calf across the pasture and down the road and into the next pasture and then into my little sister's backyard where my husband finally dove in and isn't our anniversary or anything, but after we chase that tiny calf across the pasture and down the road and into the next pasture and then into my little sister's backyard where my husband finally dove in and caught a leg and I slid down a muddy gumbo hill in my muck boots after him and we finally got that calf onto the floor of the side-by-side and drove her to the barn, made her a bottle and got her to drink and wipe the sweat off our faces. I couldn't help but think that maybe the reason this will last until death parts us is that we don't hold grudges. Because, and this doesn't always happen, we were laughing at the end of it all. About the yelling part, about the dumb idea part, about the part where he's terrible with the rope and he knows it, about the ridiculous predicaments raising kids and cattle puts us in. How is it that it's equal parts easier and harder to do these things together? What a balancing act for a life that's never balanced, because it's all so annoying sometimes, and sometimes it's his fault, and sometimes it's mine, but I tell you what's also annoying, that pickle jar that I can never open by myself, or that flat tire he's out there fixing on the side of the road in the middle of a winter blizzard, proving that regardless of our shortcomings, life is easier with him around. Ugh, it just has to work out. That's something, isn't it? As if the whole working out thing happens on its own because love will make it so. Love helps, but it doesn't make you agree on the arrangement of the furniture. Love will not make him throw away that ratty state wrestling t-shirt, but it will make you change out of those sweatpants he hates every once in a while, you know, on special nights. And initially, love will send him running when he hears you scream in the other room. But there will come a time when he will wait for a follow-up noise because love has made the man mistake a stray spider for a bloody mangled limb too many times. And really, love makes it so you don't really blame him. And just for the record, sometimes love is not patient. Sometimes it needs to get to town and she's trying on her third dress of the evening. And sometimes love is not as kind as it should be. Because love is human, and no human is perfect, not individually and surely not together, and especially not when working cows.
Thank you for listening to this week's Stories from the Ranch. If you want more content, you can follow me on Instagram at jessiefeeder or Facebook at Feeder Ranch. If you want more information about my music, you want to download it or hear more, you can find that at jessiefeedermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. steady hand Reaching out across the valley Reaching out to make you happy Make me promises that make me a wrecking ball And I'll come and crash and swing it Making all that you believe in somehow broken down Make me everything you are Nothing more than that Make me all that we are now And we're becoming Make me come running Outside my window now All the leaves have turned to golden Waiting for the wind to blow and bring the cold with it When you were younger, man You used to laugh and turn your face up At all the words I made up There's only one for love Make me say it to you now Then that's enough of this Make me open up the door let the sun in Make me come running oh, 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 oh. Inside these old houses Living proof of untold stories, you can see it there And on these hands There are lines and calloused fingers Left over from the lingering upon your skin Oh, you are mine to hold And I am yours to know We are all that we are now Where we're coming Oh, you made
can become a woman. Oh, 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 Make me a steady hand Reaching out across the valley Reaching out to make you happy Make me promises